we're all thinking to ourselves like it's too much like every document meant like life or death it's pretty hard to grow up in a world where you never feel good enough you start to wonder um oh, um what did i do to deserve this there should be more guidance counselors there shouldn't be one guidance counselor for each grade in some schools it's like for 700 something students that have one guidance counselor this is why we're here i can help you i can do everything i can to help you We'll be assisting you guys with the whole college process. Have you guys applied for college? No, not yet. If you want to go to college, you can. SAT, it's sábado, mañana. I wanted to change people, and I wanted them to feel like, you know, that they're not alone, they're all in this together. Just seeing other people succeed is, is pretty cool, especially when you had something to do with it. That's an excerpt from the documentary Personal Statement which had its world premiere as the opening night film at the 2018 AFI Documentary Film Festival. And this is Artworks, the weekly podcast produced at the National Endowment for the Arts. I'm Josephine Reed. Personal Statement follows Caroline, Christine, and Enoch through their senior year of high school as they go through the process of applying for college and serving as peer college counselors. In other words, helping to guide their fellow classmates through the maze of forms necessary for successful college applications. The counseling program is offered by CARA, College Access, Research, and Action. And it's a rigorous 70-plus hours of comprehensive training in college access content and counseling. And it's necessary because, as this film points out, the lack of college guidance counselors means many public school students have to figure out the application process and financial forms on their own. Like the students they counsel, Caroline, Christine, and Enoch are the first generation in their family to go to college, and they have their own challenges to work through as well. Caroline has moved from the Dominican Republic when she was 12. There's some strife in her family life, and she's been bullied for being gay. Christine is from a very traditional household, where girls are treated very differently from boys and not expected to have the same ambitions. Enoch's mother is in a homeless shelter, and he lives with his sister and her two kids in a one-bedroom apartment. Yet despite these challenges, these students are not only determined to go to college themselves, they put their hearts and souls into helping their classmates achieve their dreams as well. The lack of college counselors in public schools and the work that Cara does came to the attention of documentary filmmaker Julianne Dresner, and she knew she had her next project. I had made a few films about young people who were working in their communities to solve the problems that they faced. Those were short films, and I have always been inspired when young people are taking it upon themselves to address the problems in their communities. And so when I learned that young people in New York City were stepping up to close the college guidance gap in their high schools by working as college counselors because there is not enough college guidance support otherwise in their schools, well, I was inspired to learn about the fact that they were doing that work. And I immediately thought that this would be a great way to understand better the systemic barriers that are keeping so many low-income students from going to and graduating from college, and to be able to understand it from the perspective of young people who were doing something about the problem. 
I want to welcome Caroline Jimenez and Christine Rodriguez. Enoch Jamat will be joining us a bit later. Christine, I'm going to start with you. Will you explain the peer counseling program to us? So I got training with CARA, which is College Access Research in Action. During the summer, they host a space for youth throughout the city to get trained on the college process. So the college application, financial stuff, and peer counseling. So we learn skills about counseling, talking to your peers, asking questions, and facilitating workshops. So we do runs on workshops. And it's very powerful to be in a space where a lot of young people who are around the same age as us who have no idea like around the college process because most of us are first-generation students and we're basically learning um, along the way. Caroline, how did you get involved with becoming a youth leader and peer counselor with CARA? When I got hired as a youth leader, it happened out of nowhere because I didn't have to do any sort of interview. I just had my supervisor at the moment and my college counselor, Irma, tell me, I'm here to give you an opportunity. Um, you're going to work as a youth leader. At first, I was like, what in the world of Jesus <laughs> are we talking about here? But I remember exactly what she told me that moment. She told me, okay, just trust me and believe in yourself, and everything else will come on its own. You know, the moment I got hired, I was a bad student. I was a student that missed a lot of classes, a student that was disrespectful in some way to my teachers because I was lost. I was going through a lot of bullying and a lot of family drama. So focusing on my academics wasn't something that was at the top of my head. But being a youth leader, being part of the program, it transformed me into a better person, a better student, definitely. Because when I came back on my senior year, I, I wrote that year. And, and I became the person that I am today, a person who is not afraid to stand up for others. Yeah, well, that was pretty clear in the film. <laughs> Thank you. No, not at all. Christine, college was something you were really determined to do. Yeah. I always wanted to go to college. Although I was first generation, all of my cousins went to college. So they already built that path for me. They already expected me to go to college, get my master's, and, you know, just do what I love to do. But when I became a youth leader, I was an uprising junior. So I was ahead of the game. And I've been working there ever since. I still work in my high school doing college work with seniors. Julianne, Christine and Caroline and Enoch, they're three rock stars. How did you come to choose them? And how many other students did you talk? I can't believe these are the only three students you thought about. I mean, unless yeah. you're an extraordinarily lucky human being. So we showed up with the camera on the very first day of the training when they were learning to be peer college counselors. And there were 70 young people in that room. And I have to tell you, there were 70 rock stars in that room. You could have made 70 films about 70 different people because they're just all charismatic and smart and caring and compassionate. And uh, the energy in that room was, was really phenomenal, I would say. And not everybody was interested in participating in a documentary. So that was sort of where we started. We mm -hmm. let them know why we were there. And we asked folks to talk to us who might be open to being in a documentary. And then we did some casting interviews on the second day of the, that we were filming at the training. And then we had to make some hard choices of, you know, who to work with from, from there. Because really, there were so many 
incredibly young people in the room. Okay, Caroline, you're at a training session at CARA, and Julianne walks in. And she not only wants to film the training, but she actually wants to focus pretty deeply on three students. What were your thoughts? Well, at the beginning, I was a little shocked, mostly because I, I have a lot of trust issues when it comes to trusting people that I don't know. But Julie definitely had a, she has, she, she contains a very vibrant uh, spirit. She's that kind of person to approach and just makes you want to talk to her. You know, she just invited me outside the, the training room. She asked me a couple of questions in front of a camera. She explained to me the reasons why she was doing it. And I felt that it was something important for me to do since, you know, I was trying to figure out some way to help other young people. And I knew that it was something that was going to have a greater impact. And what about you, Christine? This, you met at the same time as Caroline? Yeah, I, I met Caroline and Julie around the same time. I had uh, an idea of what was going on in terms of the film because um, Julie was already filming. Later on that week during the training, she invited me to join the film because she heard of my advocacy and my activist work, and she wanted to include that in her story. I want to talk about your parents because clearly, Julianne, they're not adults yet, so you need parental permission to to film them. And you also had the parents actually open their homes to you. How did you approach that? I want to hear from you first, and then I want to hear from both of you about how that first conversation with your parents sort of came down. Their parents, their families support them, and when they heard that this film was, you know, following their inspirational work as college counselors in their school, you know, they saw supporting the film as a way to further support their children and raise awareness about the need to close the college guidance gap by showing how they are doing it. What about Caroline with your family? They weren't in the film itself, but you were certainly in yeah, your yeah, in, in your home. Well, the the first person I told was my aunt. Her name is Karina. Because when Julian met my mom, she had just recently gotten here from Dominican Republic. She was new to the country, every single aspect of it. But my aunt, uh, she knew and she was very supportive. Uh, she has always served as a role model for me. She went to school here, graduated with a bachelor's and her master's here. But when my mom met Julie, they're like best friends now. And what about with your with your mother, Christine? I agree. My mom is a caring person. She supports me, but she doesn't always support the work that I do. But she was very open to opening our doors to Julie and the film. But I believe, like, during the process, I feel like she was careful with what she said because she was sort of realizing, like, Although she supports me and she loves me, there are things that she needs to address for herself in terms of, like, her beliefs. It would be very hard to have a film crew filming me and, you know, being in the house. I mean, obviously, for a good cause, you're going to do it, but it's not something I would just jump at and say, oh, sure. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's asking a lot, I think. Enoch is here. Oh, hooray, hooray. Hi, Enoch. Hey, guys. We were talking about becoming a part of the documentary when you were at the training session that, that first day. What was your sense when you were approached by Julianne about being part of a documentary? It kind of caught me by surprise. You know, um, me and Julie sat down and we spoke 
about like uh, my past and like kind of got personal really quickly. Like, we became like best friends in like the small time we, we met each other. I was a little surprised. I, I like knew that was going to be a very intense process, you know, and I guess I was trying to wrap my head around like how would being a part of a documentary go? Like what, what would that what would that take, you know? That was a beautiful segue to my next question. Thank you. <laughs> and, and that is, I was wondering, somebody wants to make a documentary about, not necessarily about me, but I'm, I'm playing a central role in this documentary and the big decisions that I'm making right now. How long did it take you not to pay attention to the fact that you were being filmed? I'm always curious about that because it would take me forever. <laughs> and did you ever want to say, okay, just stop filming right now. It's just too private and too personal. Okay, Caroline, you're smiling. You go first. <laughs> I never felt weird. I mean, yeah, there were times, but uh, every time that I was around my students, I was always truthful. And you can see that in the camera when I had the argument with my student. That was entirely me. There did come a time, though, where I, I got extremely upset and I was so stressed with the whole college process, the whole academics, and I actually just stopped filming uh, for a while. But then, you know, after I got my my, my stuff together, I, I communicated with her again. I contacted her and I told her that I was ready to, to continue. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I definitely uh, took some space from, from filming for a while. But not because I felt weird or anything, just because, you know, I was... It's overwhelming. ...was dealing with a lot of, you know, emotional disbalance and needed to, yeah, find myself, find that part of me again. Yeah. What about you, Enoch? Well, for me, it, it kind of, like, took a while, like a month or two, to, like, get used to it because... First, you're like, oh, wow, like, this is cool, you know? Like, I'm getting followed by this camera and stuff. And, like, over time, it got, like, just, like, it was air, you know? It was, like, nothing was around you. But there were definitely times where I'm, like, talking to my sister about, like, serious stuff, and I'm, like, dealing with her, and then I have to, like, there's a camera right in my face. I'm like, oh, my goodness, there's, like, a lot's going on right now, you know? Yeah, it was, it got overwhelming sometimes. You know, I got used to it. And Christine? I would say I'm still not used to being followed around with a camera, <laughs> but there are many times where I just like forget about it because I'm so focused on what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. But like when the camera is in the way, then it's like I can't not focus on the camera. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what about when you were actually counseling the other students in your various schools? Mm -hmm. Was it difficult? How did you get them used to the camera being there? No, my students love being in the camera. Oh, yeah, they, they same <laughs> I think me. you made it easier for me yeah. to approach them. They oh, just really? wanted to be in the camera. Oh, yes. I mean, uh, they would see the camera and they would they, they would go, they would become excited. So me chasing them around and getting them to come to the SEC wasn't as hard when Julie was behind me with the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. And did you find that to be true, too? I mean, I could really, like, everybody wants to be a star, but <laughs> sometimes some of my students felt uncomfortable and you can oh, see it, goodness. like is very personal when you console your peers. Why haven't you been coming been to school? Because at first, like, I was in a slump, and I was, like, um, not motivated. So, like, I got in this little hole, but I'm getting out. I came here today at night. Doing your homework? <laughs> I'm starting to. Mm -hmm. What can I do in order to make you come early? Do you need me to call you? Because if you want me to call you, I'll call you every morning. No, it's fine. I got it. I just need a get motivated, which I'm getting motivated. That was an excerpt from the film Personal Statement, with Christine counseling one of her students. You know, when I was watching the film and listening to the three of you as you're counseling other students, what occurred to me is how much you're willing to do. 
which we just heard, and that you're listening to what the students are saying. You're responding to them. You heard what they needed, and you say, how can I help you? I was really impressed by that. I think we were professionally trained <laughs> by people like Kara. <laughs> yes. Spent a lot of good time there. We we definitely did a lot of exercise. And at the end of the day, you know, we, we, we're young people. So we have a different relationship than our than young students with uh, supervisors or college counselors. Uh, we, we definitely knew how to communicate with each other because our relationship already existed. Uh, so it wasn't hard for us to be straightforward uh, and honest. Yeah. Or, and even friendly, too, because I feel like we had a different approach than my guidance counselor would come at me. She'd be like, you know, this is what's missing. This is so-and-so, you know. So I feel like we had, like, a more friendly approach as well. And may I add, like, we all want to see our peers succeed. Yeah. We all want them to be where they want to be. Of course, we're going to do whatever it takes to help them get there. Yeah, yeah I just want to add that we have about 400 hours of footage, and we cut it down to, you know, an 84-minute uh, long version and now a 52-minute short version that will be broadcast on public television on October 23rd at 8 p.m. And we hope everybody will tune in. So what you don't see in either version, are the hours and hours and hours that these young people spent alongside their peers, literally doing the entire Common App, the entire SUNY application, the entire CUNY application, helping through every single step, hours and hours of consultation and counseling that they gave. And of course, as you do see in the film, it's just the dedication, the commitment, that they gave to their peers and the sense of responsibility that they had to ensuring everyone's success was truly inspirational. I hope it comes through in the film. Oh, it definitely came through in the film. (laughs) Even though we had to cut out a lot of that time, but it was just such an amazing amount of time, and they all would put their peers in front of them and then say, you know, I'll 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 do mine later. You know, they had had the benefit of the training, and they wanted to share it. We'll be assisting you guys with the whole college process. I understand that you guys started your college essays already, right? Your college essay should be filled with change. Like, I wrote about how every time I'd come home from school in middle school, um, my mom wouldn't be there. I would be mad at God, you know? Like, why would God not have my mom home and not, like, take care of me? So I'm, like, going crazy. I used to call the cops, and they'd stay with me until my mom came home. And it just kept happening. And as time went on, I just realized, like, maybe, maybe I shouldn't be upset, you know? Maybe I shouldn't be so down and be so negative. I should start thinking more positive because it's not changing. So that's what I wrote about. Like, I wrote about how I had to change myself for the better. Does anyone feel comfortable sharing their topic? I talked about me moving around a lot and how I had to adjust to my situations. Adapting is cool, you know? It's, it's challenging yourself to, to just slide in like that, so. <laughs> Julie, you said you had some 400 hours of footage. How long did the editing process take? The editing process took a very long time. I mean, in part because we had to stop editing for a while so that I could try and raise the funds that we needed to complete the edit. Uh, So it wasn't, you know, all straight through. But I would say that we edited, if it were full-time equivalent, it was probably about a year and a half of editing. Were Caroline, Christine, or Enoch involved in the editing process at all, or to see various drafts of the film as oh, yeah. it was coming That's along? 
Well, yeah, we would um, allow them to see it as it was evolving. And, you know, we definitely wanted to make sure that they felt comfortable with what was included in the film, but they didn't have final cut or editorial control. <laughs> right. Yeah, but it's a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And the entire making of the film was, was such a collaborative process. I mean, we would decide together what we would film. And early on in the process, we spent a day and we did like a life story writing workshop together that um, Eddie Martinez sort of helped to create. And that was a, a really important part of our process because we were saying, you know, this is, these are your stories. And what story do you want to tell? What do you want to share? And, and therefore, let's think about what it's going to be important to make sure that we film along the way over the course of senior year and the beginning of college. So it was really very collaborative in terms of deciding when to film, what to film. Was anything surprising when you actually saw the various drafts or the finished product? Because, okay, it's one thing, somebody's filming you, but 400 hours, and then it's crafted, Mm -hmm. and it's framed, and it's these particular stories. Did anything surprise you? Well, I mean, seeing the the various drafts, I was always like caught by like at all because Eddie and Jules they filmed so much between all of us, and then seeing it put all together like in such like a small time, like five minutes and stuff for what we were watching, I'm like, how could they possibly? I can't believe they they made like an actual story and it flows out of all of the the hours that they spent with us. Like, it, I was happy and surprised about that. Yeah, that's a craft. Mm-hmm. Christine? For me, what surprised me was the perspective of things because this is my life. But I wouldn't see my life this way. Like, it feels so intense. I didn't even know I was going through all this, to be honest. <laughs> but, like, not to say that the story is not true, but it's just a different perspective. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. Caroline, what about you? Boy, they know this. I cry every time I watch the film. Not for negative reasons. Every time I watch that film, it kind of just reminds me of all the growth that I've accomplished, how much I've changed, and then I just find myself in this ball of emotions between missing parts of the person I used to be but also being proud of the person I am now because there are definitely certain things about my life in high school that i definitely love to have again but obviously that I cannot have because we're now getting into the adult life but it also reminds me that there is so much to life when you when you have a positive mind and when you put yourself completely into into something that you're passionate about. Well, speaking of passion, Christine, what led you to advocacy? Well, I've always been involved in my community, whether that be at church or like in school. I've always been involved with helping my peers, but that's just something that I've always had a passion for. And, like, I can always connect that back to my family and their values of, like, being caring and, like, whatever is going on is also our problem because we're living in the same world. We all have a role to play. But receiving all the opportunities to become a leader and receiving, like, language of things that we're going through, it it empowered me to advocate the way that I do. Caroline, you were bullied when you were a kid, and you were so fierce about making sure it was not going to happen to kids in that school where you were there. Yes, absolutely. I'm lesbian, and I'm proud to be a lesbian. And let me tell you, hold on, put your hands down, hold on. Let me tell you, the fact that you guys have that, like, uh, the 
that have that way of thinking that like there's a problem with him with being homosexual, you guys are wrong. Yo odio este cuerpo por esa misma razón, porque creen que los hombres homosexuales y las mujeres homosexuales tienen que ver. Eso no es. Eso no es. I always find that scene of the film quite hilarious, actually, because after like that scene, my student came up to me and he he apologized. My intentions wasn't to belittle his opinion. Because, you know, it's a, it's a free world. You, you're allowed to think the way that you want to think. I just wanted to ensure that he had the right information. I wanted to inform him rather than train him to think a certain way. I wanted more for him to understand that there are definitely certain boundaries, a certain respect that needs to exist in order for the, the survival of all the different communities to coexist together. But, yeah, even my, 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 my freshman year of high school... The guys were always the ones to sort of make fun of me because of the way that I used to act. You know, it still kind of owns me at night sometimes, but it doesn't it doesn't trigger me because when that happened, then I perhaps wouldn't be strong as I am today, and perhaps I wouldn't be standing up so much for the LGBTQ community, and I wouldn't be so proud of representing the community that I represent. At the end of the day, bullying it has to do with everyone, not just kids. Yeah. Julie, for you. The documentary is, is completed. What does success look like for this documentary for you? One of the goals in making the film was to be able to amplify sort of the message that Caroline and Christine and Enoch were able to give their peers in high school to many, many more students throughout the country. There are so many schools around the country that don't have enough college guidance support. There are so many low-income kids who are not going to college and getting a degree, right? One in 10 low-income students get a bachelor's degree by the time they turn 25. And not all schools have a college-going culture. And what you see in the film is that young people can be incredibly effective in creating a college-going culture in their schools. So what we're hoping is that in the same way that they were able to really inspire so many of their peers to persist to college, that the film can amplify that message and that we can get it in front of a lot of kids around the country and it can inspire them. You know, we also want to raise attention to the college guidance gap and build support for filling it. People are often talking about the achievement gap and college access, but often the conversation is not focused on the fact that we don't fund college counselors in most public schools. So most public schools don't have a college counselor. They have a guidance counselor, and the guidance counselor to student ratio in the country, the average is one guidance counselor for every 490 students. And those are guidance counselors who aren't necessarily trained in the college process, which can be very complicated. And most guidance counselors say that they can spend 22% of their time on college guidance. So you have an incredibly complicated college and financial aid application process and not a lot of support. So one analogy I always use is I say, imagine if we decided that in order to graduate high school, you need to know math. But we're not going to fund any math teachers. We're just going to say, figure it out. Maybe somebody at at home can help you learn math. It's crazy. And when people stop and think about this, and they're really open, it seems, from our experience at our premiere, at least, 
that after they see the film, they're really open to stopping and thinking about this, and they say this is outrageous. So we are hoping that the film can raise more attention about the existence of the college guidance gap and help build support for providing more college counseling, especially in public schools that are serving low-income students. What about for you, Enoch? At the end of this, what does success look like? Julie, nailed it. Um, I definitely agree. Uh, just like getting the word out there that people can people can assist with this whole college process when it comes to like high school students applying to schools and and people could understand that all the kids around the world are like going through stuff and why is it so hard for them? Why is there so much adversity for them trying to succeed? You know, and college is a good bridge to get you to success. And it it shouldn't be so difficult for a student to get to that road, you know. And just hopefully the the word can get out there, you know. We can let people know that we can call for like some reform and some positive change. Christine, do you want to add anything? I feel like a big goal for me of this film is to open up that conversation. Like everybody can play a role in advocating for reform. It doesn't necessarily look like having more adults supporting students with the college process it can also look like our peers young people can also do this like Mm -hmm. we should be in the forefront of this movement because we are the ones going through this like we are the essential piece of making this happen and in order for this to work we need people that are committed to doing this work and also the funding needs to be there in order for it to work amen And ending on a very happy note, I was at the world premiere of Personal Statement, opening night at the AFI Documentary Film Festival, and there you all were on the red carpet. Caroline, describe that night. Uh, I still wish we could do it again. (laughs) I think we could all agree, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, Uh, it was definitely a very wonderful experience. Uh, All the people that I met and that I'm now beginning to get in contact with and other people that I know for certain that are speaking about that film right now, the importance of it. And I just know that that definitely opened a lot of doors for us as individuals and for the film itself. So I'm, I'm, I'm beyond thankful, and I just can't wait for forward to, to keep happening. Enoch? Oh, my, it, was, it was magnificent. Like, I still, I'm, like, reliving it now. I, I left with my cheeks sore because I was smiling so much. Like it was, it was so great, and I just, I just appreciate it. And I hope like things can keep rolling, and we can like meet more people and you know keep grinding. It was very wonderful to meet all these beautiful, committed people, like inspired people. I met so many people saying, "Wow, like this is so amazing! Like, what can I do to help?" Yeah, and that is a question. Do you guys have any thoughts about people who see the film or people who listen to this podcast and they say, wait a minute, I want to do something to help. What what can people do? So we are creating an impact campaign to maximize the impact that the film can have. And so folks should get in touch with us. <laughs> they should go to our website. It's personalstatementfilm.com. We want to organize screenings for decision makers, funders, legislators, you know, town hall meetings where we get the right people in the room, which includes young people who yes, are working absolutely. on the problem, educators, decision makers, funders, and work state by state, work nationally to build more support so that we are providing college counseling in schools. 
That's director and producer Julianne Dresner. And students, Christine Rodriguez, Caroline Jimenez, and Enoch Jamat, talking about their documentary film, Personal Statement. You've been listening to Artworks, produced at the National Endowment for the Arts. You can subscribe to Artworks wherever you get your podcasts. So please do. And leave us a rating on Apple. It helps people to find us. For the National Endowment for the Arts, I'm Josephine Reed. Thanks for listening.